Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. I later found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications, that I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little, though he was skeptical he didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly, and finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm, just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened. Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault! It's all you! Shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Here's what happened. About 10 minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, Caution, wet floor. But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. <laughs> Poor guy, I thought. That must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? <laughs> Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys, seeing me coming, quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? <laughs> well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild scream. Ah! No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse. That's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then. Maybe it was the magnetic waves or the radioactive substances in the cake. But the following day, the first incident occurred. 
I hugged Dad as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached Mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident. It was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Misfortune. We won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me. I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door. Just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger, but I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Hey, yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself. <sighs> and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me. So without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day, I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion. 
but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts. No one came within a few meters of me. Moreover, I noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers. I found out later that Mike and Dean were responsible for the boycott. Maybe it wasn't nice what I did to Dean, but I didn't want to hurt Mike. I guess that's how the hurt effect works. No one wanted to figure anything out. I was, by default, the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said. Children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, Hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again. I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day, or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother. I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. True love really can do anything. Hello everyone, my name is Susie and I will tell you what it feels like to not taste anything at all. I never thought that that was possible in real life, but it turns out that it can happen to anyone. But first things first, it happened one spring day. My older sister and I were cycling in a park not far from our house. In general, I can ride a bike very well, and apart from that, I have quite significant experience in it. I've been cycling since I was six years old. But something went wrong that day. I wanted to show my sister how skillfully I could get from the curb to the road on a bicycle. But because of the wet road, the wheels began to slip and my bike fell down along with me. I could not manage to control the movement of the bike, so I collapsed to the ground and hit my head on the curb really hard. My sister Melody immediately rushed to me, but I lost consciousness. It came to my senses a few days later in the hospital. My head was bandaged, and there were a lot of sensors and doctors around. My mom was also present, and when I opened my eyes, she couldn't hold back her tears. It turned out that I had quite a serious head injury, which really scared all my loved ones. That day, it seemed like the worst was over because I finally woke up, but in fact, my biggest ordeal was yet to come. My mom, being happy that I was recovering, wanted to feed me with some tasty homemade food. As soon as the doctors gave the green light for her to do it, mom rushed home to bake my favorite strawberry tart. And finally, the long-awaited piece of tart was in my hand, and I was eagerly taking a bite of it. But suddenly, I faced a terrible disappointment. I couldn't taste anything at all. Then everything was like what you'd see in a movie. My mom was sobbing a lot. Doctors were fruitlessly examining me and trying to find the reason for this. And I was crying into my pillow every night so that no one could see it. It turned out that when I fell down and got a head injury, some neural connections in my brain were damaged and I lost the sense of taste. Doctors were shrugging and saying that it would take some time and more thorough examination was required. Although, since then, a little more than a year has passed, and I still can't taste anything. It makes my life unbearable and gloomy. I do not enjoy the food that I eat at all. As a result, I have a poor appetite. I lost weight and started having problems with my immune system due to the lack of vitamins. 
Doctors prescribe me a bunch of dietary supplements, which I always have to carry with me and take some of them on an empty stomach and others after meals. My classmates began to make fun of me because in the school cafeteria, I always had a pile of bottles with me, but then they found out that I couldn't taste anything and began to make experiments on me, adding a heap of salt or chili pepper to my food. My life began to seem dark and gloomy to me. I became more withdrawn and did not want to talk to anyone. There were days when I did not want to go to school at all, and I came up with various pretexts to stay at home. My performance worsened, although before, I had always gotten good grades. In short, it seemed to me that the whole world was falling apart around me, and this was all because I had lost the sense of taste. At such moments, only reading could save me. I prepared a large cup of hot tea for myself, sat down by the window with a pile of books, and plunged into the unreal fantasy world to escape from my earthly problems. Yes, I did not sense the taste of tea, but it made me feel warm. Once, quite an ordinary morning began as always, with the bullying of classmates, but suddenly something happened that deeply struck me. One of my abusers, his name was Michael, suddenly began to intercede for me. Before that, Michael was absent from school for several days. Why is he protecting me? What happened? Before, he used to mock me, just like everyone else did. These questions were spinning in my mind like flies, but I couldn't find an answer to them. It even seemed to me that he had some tricky plan for me to get my guard down and then hurt me again three times harder. A week had passed since that day and none of my classmates were bullying me any longer. I was so used to being an outcast and a loser in our class that at first it felt totally weird that no one offended me. Later, Michael came up to me and asked to go to the end of the corridor, behind the stairs, where it was possible to talk face-to-face -face where no one could hear us. Well, finally, I thought and followed him. Michael said that he had been absent because he had a sore throat, so he needed to take sick leave. When he was ill, he wasn't able to taste anything for several days, and during this time, he understood how horrible my condition was. He felt ashamed that he had been mocking me and realized that it was not my fault that I suffered from this ailment. He asked me to forgive him and said that he knew how to help me restore my sense of taste, but for this, he needed a little time. After this conversation, I started hoping that I would become like everyone else again. My mood improved, I began to smile more often, and I felt a desire to live. About a month passed since I had that talk with Michael, and he invited me to go behind the stairs again to have a word with me. There, he showed me a small vial with green liquid inside. When I asked what it was, he replied that it was a healing potion, which his grandma, who was a healer, prepared specially for me. Michael said that I should drink it exactly at midnight, and then immediately go to bed without talking to anyone. Although I never believed in healers, I did everything as he said. When I opened my eyes in the morning, I immediately rushed to the fridge to try something and see if I could taste anything again. The first thing I found was a watermelon. I eagerly bit off a huge chunk, but then I was disappointed because everything remained the same. At school, I told Michael that the potion had not helped me, but he comforted me and assured me that I had to wait and the effect might not occur right away. I fastened on the hope, catching it like a lifeline, and just started waiting. I believed with all my heart and soul that the sense of taste would surely return to me again. But soon a miracle happened. One of my classmates gave me candy. I took it reluctantly because I still didn't get any pleasure from it, but I didn't want to offend her. Without much enthusiasm, I unwrapped it and bit off a piece and instantly sensed the taste of milk chocolate in my mouth. I could not believe it and started eating more and more of it. Now, I don't know what helped me get my sense of taste back. This could be thanks to the potion given by the healer, my faith, or because of positive thinking. Whatever the truth, with the returning of taste to my life, it acquired fresh colors. I felt complete again. I wanted to study and achieve my goals. This situation showed me that those who we consider our enemies are not always soulless and cruel. Sometimes they're just ordinary humans who are under the thumb of others, and they do not want to stand out from the crowd. Apart from that, I realize that not every diagnosis is a verdict. How important is your taste for you? Have you ever thought about its role in our lives? Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, 
Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... I was whimpering as I traced the blood splatter down the hallway that led to the storage room. Ugh, this looks even worse than my last exam results. Taking a deep breath, I regained my composure and slowly pushed the door open. Big blood stains appeared along with many footprints on the floor. They led to an old cupboard in the corner of the room. I slowly opened it and it was a mannequin covered in ketchup. Mm-hmm. Sheesh, I had been pranked again. Hi, I'm Lisa, 17 years old. To pursue my dream of becoming a journalist, I had worked day and night to write articles for the school's forum site. Unexpectedly, it became the very reason why I was ridiculed by everyone and called gun dog. Even Hara, my half-sister, would say something like, Lisa is stupid and freaky. It's a disgrace for a genius like me to have such an older sister. But little did they know, being looked down on only motivated me to become stronger. Once when I was walking on the street, Mina, the school bully, suddenly called me. Gun dog, the toilet just clogged. So, report on it, duh, because it smells like your articles. (laughs) That evil witch. I had tried to ignore her for so many times, but she never stopped pushing my buttons. Once, during a PE basketball session, when I was aiming at the basket, Mina suddenly dropped a banana peel on the floor, causing me to slip and fall hard on my butt. Wow! Breaking news! Lisa had a legendary collaboration with Mr. Banana Peel for a comedy show! Unable to contain my anger, I threw the ball straight at Mina, but unfortunately, it hit Jimmy, my classmate. (laughs) Missed, you idiot! She gloated and left, while I quickly ran to help Jimmy up. Are you okay? I'm so sorry! It's okay, but I didn't know. Not only are you good at reporting, but you're also good at throwing. After saying that, he fainted. Oh damn, looks like my throw was really strong. But it was also the first time someone praised my ability, so I was deeply moved. After that ironic accident, we talked more and became much closer. Also, during that time, our school had a lot of mysterious happenings. On the first Friday of June, someone had mixed up the chemical solutions in the school lab and made them explode. Not only that, on the following Friday, the exam room was set on fire in the middle of the night. Fortunately, the police came to put it out in time, but half of the exam papers had turned to ashes. Immediately, I wrote a post on the school forum about this Dark Friday pattern, but nobody seemed to take what I said seriously. Fine, I'll catch them red-handed on my own, the devil of Friday. The third Friday had finally arrived, but I didn't know where the crime would start. When I was defeatedly waiting for Jimmy in the schoolyard, I heard his angry voice booming as he walked closer. Damn, I wish I had Thanos' hand. Just one snap of my fingers and the academic affairs office will be gone. Voila, no more exams. That's it. That's the place. Jimmy, you really are Dr. Watson to my Sherlock. I happily jumped up and hugged him tightly. Oops, it seemed like I overdid it. Both Jimmy and I were embarrassed and quickly let go of each other. Soon after, I made a plan to sneak into the academic affairs office. However, when I rushed down the stairs, I accidentally tripped and rolled several times to the ground. My leg was seriously injured due to that. Instead of serving justice and catching the devil of Friday, I had to stay home with my cast leg and listen to my mom scolding for hours. That night, I couldn't sleep a wink because I was worried that something horrible would happen at school. But oddly, there was none. Was my deduction wrong? However, the next day, my whole school was buzzing with shocking news about Andy, the school's second best student. He had cheated during an exam and somehow it was recorded and uploaded on the school's forum. He was immediately disciplined. I didn't write an article about it because he already suffered the consequences of his wrongdoing. After that day, since there was no actual incident, 
I shifted my focus to studying for the exam and taking care of my leg. Hmm? Temporarily, I put aside the investigation of the Dark Friday's case. Then suddenly, an anonymous email came to me. Dear Gundog, if you're that good, come and catch me this Friday. OMG! I didn't know if it was the real culprit or if someone was pranking me. But anyway, I would never pass such a challenge. After sneaking into the school late at night, I hid in a safe corner near the academic affairs office and began to wait. At 10.5pm, I started to hear footsteps. A figure slowly appeared in front of the door. They brought a saw and started sawing the lock. I walked out and boldly flashed the light at them. Freeze! They panicked and turned towards me. I recognized that face immediately. Hara, what are you doing here? Lisa, please save me! I didn't understand what was going on, but at that <gasps> moment, I saw a security guard coming. I hurriedly dragged Hara to the emergency exit stairs, then we took a taxi home. All the way home, she just cried and begged me not to tell her dad. It turned out that because she was always under the pressure of being the school top student, she had cheated during the exam just like Andy. Unfortunate for her, someone had also recorded her wrongdoing and blackmailed her into stealing the exam questions. Hara was too scared and didn't want to be exposed, so she agreed. Jesus, Hara, are you also the one who vandalized the school every Friday? It's not me! I just received their text two days ago! I understood that right away. It meant the recent events must have been the work of another blackmail victim. While we were talking, a message came in. The mission failed. You know, Andy, tomorrow morning your fate will be the same. I took Hara's phone to text back. After begging for a while, they finally agreed to give us one more chance to complete the task. Do you think we can handle this? Don't worry. Leave it to me. I decided to pretend to be Hera because we have similar body types. I would definitely catch that sickening devil. The next evening, I went to the office again. I tried using the pin to unlock the door as instructed on the internet, and surprisingly, it worked. After I got the test questions papers, which were carefully wrapped in plastic, I tasted the devil of Friday. Good. Bring it to the girls' restroom near C block. When I arrived there, it was so dark that I had to use my phone flashlight to see the way. The restroom door opened and I carefully walked in. I'm Hera. Bam! The door suddenly closed. A light came from one of the toilets. Then a figure holding a flashlight walked towards me. Oh my god! It was huh? Mina! Mina, what the hell are you doing here? Lisa? Where the hell is Hera? Doesn't matter. Give me the exam questions. No way! I'll report this to the principal. Suddenly, someone held me tightly from behind. It was her friend. I shouted in panic. Stop this, Mina. You've gone too far. Stop? Why should I? Look at those top students. They're all rotten. If they didn't cheat, I would never have been able to control them in the first place. Then she ordered me to burn the exam questions. Since I couldn't think of a way to escape, I had no other choice. Hesitantly, I tore the plastic and lit the fire. Hurry up, dimwit. The plastic in my hands started to burn. Then I immediately threw the flint plastic at Mina and turned to run away with the exam papers in my hands. Unfortunately, my clumsiness made me trip at the most critical moment again, and I was immediately caught. Mina snatched the lighter from my hand. Fine, if you don't want to burn them, I'll burn your hair. No! At that moment, bam! The door suddenly collapsed and the security guard rushed in along with Hara and Jimmy. I was rescued in the nick of time. It turned out that Hera was so worried that she went to look for me. When she called me but I didn't answer, she informed the school security and Jimmy to help track my phone GPS. If it was just a little bit later, I don't know what would have happened. In the end, Mina was punished for her crimes. As for me, solving the mystery of the Dark Friday's case has pushed my reputation to a whole nother level. It will surely help with my journalist dream. Hera also confessed to cheating and was disciplined. She had to redo the exam, but she was finally free from guilt. Since then, <laughs> her relationship with Hera and Jimmy has become much better than before. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook.
Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... It's not about the money. Yeah, right. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm 17 years old, and I work three jobs. And I'm also a student. I do everything in my life for money. Of course, a lot of people say it's not about the money. But that's said by those who have it. I can't boast about that. I grew up in an average family. We had an average income. Until my father left us found some young girl and rode off into the sunset. And me and my mom were left with rent, debt, credit, and no dollar in our pockets. Not fun, huh? Anyway, after my dad left, I was 10 years old at the time, my mom started working any job she could get just to pay off her debts and feed me. My mother married my father young, so she didn't have time to get an education or any kind of profession. She scrubbed floors and worked part-time as a waitress in a cheap diner, a laundress. My mother tried to do everything so that I did not need anything, and from me required only to study well and be obedient. At school, I was often teased because I didn't dress fashionably. We just didn't have the opportunity to buy me nice things. Most of the time, I wore what my mother brought from a second-hand shop. But I tried to study hard so I could start earning a lot in the future. I made it my goal to get rich by any means. Later in high school, I learned how to sew, hem, and decorate my clothes. I sat and sewed all night long. Everyone began to notice how I dressed more fashionably and tastefully. I even began to think about working as a model. My dream was to create clothes, for my collections to be exhibited in Milan. But my dreams didn't come true. My mother was diagnosed with a terrible brain tumor. Mom couldn't work anymore. Her condition was getting worse and worse. To pay for the expensive treatment, I began to work several jobs. And at the same time, at night, I sewed clothes to order. I was not ashamed of any work. At first, when my mother first got sick, I started to replace her at her jobs. Then I started working there instead of her. Mom felt guilty that I had to skip school to earn money. Oh, honey, I'm sorry. I'll get better soon, and you can go back to school, and you will become the most recognized fashion designer. Sure, Mom, but first, you need to get better. I'll still make it. I'm so sad that you have to take care of me. Oh, Mom, stop it. I love you, and I'll do anything to make you well again. Once again, while looking for another part-time job, I came across an ad to come up with work uniforms for Sparks employees. I had heard that it was a very large company that dealt in real estate, automobiles, construction, and more. I immediately sent in my work and resume. If I got it, good. And if not, then, oh well. The answer came just a couple of days later. Dear Rose Priestley, We're pleased to announce that you have been selected for the competition on your application. Congratulations, you have passed the first round. For the second round, we are waiting for you in our office. I couldn't believe my luck. If I got this job, then this payment would be enough even to pay for my mother's surgery. At the appointed time, I went to the company's office. I was escorted into the interview room. A young man of about 25 was already waiting there. It was strange, such a young man, and he was already entrusted with such a serious task. Hello, Miss Rose. My name is Iman. I'll be interviewing you. How do you do? Nice to meet you. So, tell me, how long have you been making clothes? It's just you're so young. About three years. I started sewing my own clothes when I was 14. Generally, in such a big company, we select professionals with at least 10 years of experience. We can't accept you. You don't even have experience in a similar job. Have you ever done work for another firm? No, but I'm a quick learner and I'm willing to try to do things your way. I I really need this job. I'm sorry. 
But no, you're rejected. I was so angry. That man didn't even bother to look at my work. He could at least have opened the file in front of him. Then why did you call me for this interview if you weren't happy with my age? The first round was selected by someone else. I'll definitely point out the mistake to him. So my work is a mistake? I'm sure I'll be able to cope with the task at hand. But you're a fool if you judge people's skills by their age. How dare you talk to me like that? Then you've earned it, and I'll say it again, you're an idiot. He looked at me as if he was ready to throw me out the window. But I didn't care. I was so angry, especially since I'd taken a day off from my proper job to go to this damn interview, which meant I lost my pay for the day. This Iman looked so confident and smug that I just couldn't hold my tongue. Because of your stupidity, I lost time and money. If you can't do your job properly, you shouldn't be in your position. His eyes rounded, and I slammed the door and walked out. I went to the hospital to see my mother. I wouldn't have anything to do all day anyway. Mom immediately realized that I was upset about something. Sweetheart, what happened? Did somebody hurt you? No, Mom. Everything's okay. I'm just a little tired. I'm sorry. You have nothing to be sorry for. Just get better soon. Then the doctor came into the room and said he wanted to talk to me. He said that if my mom didn't have an operation soon, it would be too late, and the chances of a full recovery would be gone. I began to panic, wondering where to get the money. Even though I was working several jobs, there was no way to save us. Because I was a minor, they would not hire me full-time. I used to go home and cry with such heavy thoughts. It seemed to me that I just couldn't cope with it all. Walking up to the house, I noticed a car parked out front. Yeah, it was impossible not to notice it. It was red, a brand new foreign car. Only rich people drive those. They got the wrong address, didn't they? Just as I thought this, I saw a man get out of the car. No way! The man standing in front of me was the guy from the interview, Iman. He said, Hi, Rose. Did you change your mind and decide to give it a shot? Well, you said you needed the money. You don't have to feel sorry for me. I just said I needed the job. I'm willing to offer you a deal. I don't understand. I'll pay you 200000 if you play the part of my girlfriend. What the hell are you talking about? Your girlfriend? I'm having a family dinner tomorrow night, and I need to show up with my fiancé. Well, I don't have one, so why don't we help each other out? Are you kidding me? Look, I really need your help. You're beautiful, you're smart, and most importantly, not afraid of me and behave with me confidently. You're a good fit. Here's my card. I expect to hear from you tomorrow morning. He got into his fancy car and drove off, and I was left standing there with my mouth open. I was up all night thinking, 200000 That would be enough to pay for my mother's surgery and treatment. I couldn't earn that much in such a short time, so I decided to take it. In the morning, I dialed Iman's number and told him my answer. An hour later, a driver picked me up and took me shopping. Mr. Sparks said to pick out an elegant and modest outfit, and also to go to the beauty parlor and fix your hair. Here's the cash. What a bloody arrogant little man! Mr. Sparks, so he's the corporate's heir? And what was wrong with my hair? What can you do? Work is work! That evening, Iman picked me up and took me to a fancy restaurant. His whole family was there. Turns out it was his grandmother's anniversary party. He introduced me to everyone as his fiance. The evening went smoothly, except for the fact that dozens of eyes were staring at me the whole time, and one girl looked at me as if I'd stolen her money. At the end of the night, Iman came up to me and whispered that we were leaving soon. I breathed a sigh of relief. I just wanted to get the circus over with and go. In the car, I wondered why he was putting on this show. Why do you need all this? My family is pressuring me. They want me to marry Chloe. 
She's the one that was giving you a death stare. So that's what this was about. I couldn't figure out what I'd done to her. She's my daddy's business partner's daughter. They want to be in-laws, but I don't want to marry her. I don't like her. But now everyone will think that you'll marry someone else. Later, I'll tell them that we broke up and I took our breakup hard. But that's not fair, at least in relation to your grandmother. You're going to teach me morals when you're willing to do anything for money? Look, you got it wrong. I need the money to pay for my mom's surgery. I'm not just after it for nothing. I told him how hard it was for mom when dad left, and about her diagnosis, and about how time was running out. Iman drove me home, and then he asked me to send my sketches to his personal email account, and he said I'd get the money for my help tomorrow. In the morning, I never got the call. I went to the hospital and hoped that that man would keep his word. When I went into the room, my mother wasn't there. I started calling the nurse, screaming and crying. Something bad must have happened. Where's mom? What was going on? A nurse rushed into the room and said that my mother had been rushed away for surgery. It seemed like I waited forever. Then the surgeon came out of the operating room and said that all went well. The tumor had been removed. But now we had a long treatment and recovery. I began to cry for joy. My mother was transferred to a ward. While she was sleeping, I went to her doctor to find out how much we had to pay for the surgery. But he told me that everything had already been paid for. And not just the surgery, but the follow-up care as well. So, Mr. Sparks had kept his word. I told my mother that I'd done a big job and that the payment was enough for the operation. I only hid from her the fact that I had to play the role of this rich guy's fiancé. Mom was discharged in a month just in time for my 18th birthday. We ordered a cake, I made lasagna, and then the doorbell rang. When I opened it, I saw a delivery guy handing me a huge bouquet of roses and a card. It said, Dear Miss Rose, I am happy to wish you a happy birthday. I hope your mother is making a speedy recovery. P.S. We're expecting you for an interview on Monday morning at the Sparks office. Also, there is a surprise waiting for you there. Sincerely, A. But that's a whole other story. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Stay home and study. I'm going to work now. Goodbye, Dad. I quickly locked the door. Yes! Now I can play the guitar without his ban. I pulled out from under the bed the electric <laughs> guitar that I had spent one year buying. When I hit the first music note, a black <gasps> shadow from the window was watching me. It was my dad. He opened the window and burst into me. I rushed to unlock the door. As I was about to run out, my father grabbed the guitar's plug and jerked it back, which made me fall to the ground. That's right, my dad broke my guitar no matter how much I begged him. Hi everyone, my name's Emma, a girl who happened to know rock and roll music and fell in love with it for the first time I played. However, my father, a science professor, absolutely hated this kind of music. He considered rock players rebels destroying their own lives. Right. My father saw me as one of them and always forbade me to do what I liked. After that incident, my dad made me sign up for a science class. I kept yawning over the class, and the guy next to me was yawning too. We subconsciously looked at each other and laughed. His name was Peter. He absolutely hated science like me. He suddenly asked me, Hey, do you want to go somewhere more interesting when finishing the class? Anywhere can save me. After that, Peter took me to the rock club, of which he was the leader. Peter introduced me to the members of the band, each of whom played a different instrument, with electric bass, organ, and electric guitar. And Peter played the drums and be the main vocal. Do you try listening to a song? I nodded eagerly. OMG! I had to say Peter's band was so professional. Suddenly, Peter gave me the guitar to try. Great! 
Since my dad crushed my guitar, I hadn't touched any guitar else. I took it and plugged it into the speaker. Let me teach you a great trick. <laughs> he held my hand and showed me the most basic steps. I felt my hands heating up, and my heartbeat was faster than ever. That's how we play, Emma. Did you hear what I said? Only then did I hear Peter say, smiling wryly, <laughs> I did. But when I played it again, it was still like a disaster. You can come and practice with us if you want. Since then, I regularly visit the club and became a member before I knew it. People collected money to buy me a new guitar. I love it, thanks to all of you. Even though I was always afraid of my father finding out, I still took the risk. Every night, I played the role of a daughter who obeyed my dad, going out to study groups with Peter. <laughs> Remember to study hard. Stop hiding from me playing that stupid instrument. Once we were out of dad's sight, Peter and I changed into the rock chic leather suits. One day, when going to the club, everyone looked very sad. It turned out Jerry the guitar player was about to move abroad. But there was only one month left until the music festival was held in the city. Jerry offered me to replace him. Everyone looked at me intently waiting for my answer. Of course I couldn't refuse. That night I stayed late to say goodbye to Jerry with everyone. When I got home, I was still humming the tune in my head. And suddenly, the light was turned on. I saw my dad still sitting on the sofa to wait for me. He didn't say anything, but just stared at me. Good night, Dad. The next day, Peter came to pick me up as usual. After we performed very well together, there was applause. We looked at the sound in a daze, and I fearfully realized it was my father. He seemed to have followed me and Peter. When everyone still didn't know what was going on, my dad approached me, took the guitar from my hand, and kneed it, breaking it into pieces. I was scared to tears. He grabbed my hand and dragged me away. Follow me home. Peter saw that and ran over to stop my father. From now on, stay away from Emma. Having said that, my father pushed Peter down hard. Everyone rushed to help him, but I could only see in hopelessness. When I got home, I cried and told my mom everything. Contrary to my expectations, she only advised, I think you should listen to your dad. He only wants the best for you. At that moment, my dad burst in and threw a sheet of paper on my bed and said, I signed you up for the upcoming science fair. If you win, I'll skip this. From now on, you have to stay at home to complete the model. I was dumbfounded. A week later, I could only stay indoors to create a soda volcano that I learned from the cartoon Phineas and Ferb. Why do you make such a toy? Don't embarrass me in the contest, make another one. I was sad, making a robot in the hope of satisfying my dad. Because of not having any tools, I went to the attic to find some useful items. When looking up at the high shelf, I spotted my dad's old toolbox. Yeah, here it was. I tried to reach it that made a whole bunch of things fall with it. Ugh! What was so heavy? Unexpectedly, when I opened it, there was an old electric guitar inside. But it still looked very good. Must have been cleaned regularly, and on the top was... Carve my mother's name? At this moment, my mother ran in. Emma, I heard something. My mom froze when she saw me holding her guitar. It turned out that my mom used to be a rock singer, but she suddenly got pregnant with me at the age of 18. Although my dad advised her to stay at home, my mom sneaked out to attend the concert. That day, an overzealous fan pulled her leg and made her fall to the stage. That made her almost miscarry. Since then, my dad really hated rock music, as well as people who liked it. And my mom also decided to give up her passion, to become a housewife and take care of this family. After hearing the story, I quickly hugged my mom. I'll definitely win the science fair for a chance to get back into rock music and prove it to dad. My mom patted my head, smiling. That's right, let's prove it together. That said, I stayed up all night building a robot holding an electric guitar, hoping my dad could see my dream. Finally, the day of the science fair came. When we arrived, I brought my robot into the waiting position. While my dad was greeting the judges, I secretly opened the robot to check it, but I realized it had been swapped into another robot. My dad had definitely made it as a replacement for my one. Apparently, he never cared about my feelings or my efforts. Furious, I surreptitiously snapped the switch on the back of the robot's neck to cause it to malfunction. As my dad and the judges came, the robot suddenly jumped on my dad's shoulder. It grabbed his beard and yanked. Everyone pointed at him and laughed. 
He tried to pull out the robot. Emma, what did you do with it? <laughs> During the chaos, my mom suddenly touched my hand. Let's go. Go to the place that you belong to. Peter's waiting. After that, she took my hand and ran away. When we arrived at the music festival, everyone in the band had been already waiting there. Luckily, soon it's our turn to perform. But my guitar... Before I could finish my sentence, my mom gave me her guitar. <laughs> I left it in the trunk. Let's go on stage and shine. I took it from my mom and nodded gently. Let's do it, Emma. As we were about to go on stage, a shout stopped us. <gasps> Stop. My father rushed over and grabbed my hand. How dare you disobey me. But this is where I really belong. At this moment, my mom stopped him. Let Emma go up there. It is not only her dream, but it is also my unfinished desire. After listening to my mom say that, he gradually released my hand, nodded, and pushed me onto the stage. Don't lose it. <laughs> I laughed and went on stage with the band. Finally, my dad also saw me shining on stage with millions of cheers from the audience. After that event, my dad agreed to let me pursue my passion and also let my mom work as an assistant yeah, for our band, Highlight Band because we received a lot of invitations to perform and became more and more famous. <laughs> Through many ups and downs, Peter and I had become an inspirational couple in the eyes of our fans. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and so on, and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast, My Animated Story, by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.